This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Didn't get your picks in before the game started? No problem. You can get in the game for the second half. Sign up today using promo code FOOTBALL and get your first deposit instantly matched up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com or download the mobile app and enter code FOOTBALL to get your deposit match. Some restrictions do apply. See the website for details. Um. I know it was the end of the six-match unbeaten league run last weekend, but um, did the performance give you any more ideas of exactly where you are? Well, you, we learnt some things. I did. I think you can do in defeat sometimes. said it after the game. I thought our performance in the first half was, wasn't how we'd want it. Sometimes good opponents can do that to you, and sometimes you've got to take a bit of responsibility yourselves. Um, but the spirit in the end was good. We pushed to try and win the game in the end, and... Uh, Premier League, so it happens. So, important thing now is a reaction and what we do in our upcoming games. We did see Dominic Calvert Lewin return, which is, is good news. Is he in your thoughts in terms of starting the game at Tottenham? Well, yeah, it's great to have Dominic back. We're in a process with Dominic where um, he's not taking part in every part of training in terms of where we'd want to push him, probably to get him completely match fit, just in terms of the process of getting him fit and robust and staying fit. So we'll just have to see that over the next days and weeks, how we get him to that optimum level and how quickly we can get him there. Um, James Garner as well, uh, only a short while on the pitch, but uh, you impressed with what you saw? Yeah, very impressed. I thought uh, to go up against your, your, your old team, the team that you, you came through with, um, adds a bit of pressure. I thought it was a good pressure for him because he came on and showed personality on the ball. Passed it well, got a shot that was nearly going into the top corner. So I had no doubts for James. He's a, he's a player for the for the now and for the future, of course. And there's competition in midfield, but he gives us something different, and he's he's more than ready to to play for us. You've got to make a, at least one change. Anthony Gordon suspended. Is that a cause of frustration at such an early stage of the season? It just is what it is. Five bookings in nine games. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a bit much. Yeah, you told him. Yeah, we speak a lot. <laughs> um, just in terms of injury updates, I know Abdullah Dukhore wasn't in the match day squad last weekend. Uh, Mason Holgate, Yerry Mina, are, are we any closer to seeing them return? Uh, yeah, um, Duke's had a, a family issue. Um, he's back in the squad for tomorrow. Um, and um, Mason's training, not ready to be in the squad yet, but training really well. Um, and Yerry 
had a little bit of a setback this week, so he won't be available. Right. Um, the performance at Tottenham last season, I think it's probably fair to say the worst performance since you've been manager. Um, how far have you come since then, Frank? Uh, I don't know. We've progressed. Um, I remember the game well, and it's, it's sort of one that sticks in the mind. And it's very easy to sort of like casually look at the result. I, I know the detail behind it, and the team, and the options that we had in the day. And I'm not belittling the team. I'm just saying that we 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 suffered from 20 minutes onwards in that game, and Tottenham did a very strong performance as they do, counter attack, lots, you know, goals that then gives them control of the game. So it's, it's a long time ago. We've progressed. There's a lot of personnel changes. It's clear if you look at our starting eleven compared to now compared to that, or you know, the, the selection options that I have. So it's in the back of our minds, but it's of no real relevance, is it, to, to what happens no. this weekend? Do you see this run of fixtures as quite defining in, in terms of where you are and can be, given it was Man United last week and Tottenham and then Newcastle um, away on Wednesday? You could probably say that about every run, you know, like it, you, you get past that and then you go, what about these ones? You should win these ones. What does that mean for you? You know, like they're, they're, a, they're not easy questions to answer other, other than the Premier League will always throw up difficulties, you know. People probably make us underdogs of both these games or away against strong teams. I get that. Let's, let's enjoy that. Let's sort of, you know, understand it and see what we can do. We've shown things already this season that we can, you know, maybe... Um, go against people's opinions of us. I've read a lot of opinions before the season. We were going down. I was I was number one to be leaving. You know all those things. It's nothing better than proving people wrong. So these two games are probably a situation like that. But they're not the the end of the story for us. We've got ourselves in a position now where um, if we take two hits or three hits, we have to come back stronger. You know because we took a lot of hits last year when I when I came in here um, and before I was here and. The problem at that time was that we were on the floor when I came in, in terms of confidence. So now you look at us and go, OK, can we be stronger than that mentally as a club? Everybody, can we react? So these games are a good test for us, but they're not, they're not this big. Players you know. do seem to have more belief in their own ability and that of the whole squad now. Yeah, but they've got a long way to go, and so have I, because I've got high standards, and my standards are, uh, on Monday when I'm with my wife and children on a day off thinking about football and disappointment of losing a game. Um, that has to be tempered because you have to come in and go, OK, now what are the positives? Where are we at? Yeah, we're, we're progressing, but we mustn't ever think that we're near where we want to be because cause we're not. I know that. And it's it, again, it's not a criticism of any player, even myself, because we've got work to be done. So that work's ongoing. The, the, a lot of the, the, the elements and the big elements of the team are fresh and new. You know, our, our back four, um, our, our midfield three, you know, players that have not played together, a nine, whatever it is. So. We can't expect, um, I don't think anyone is expecting um, immediate answers, but can we progress every day and get a bit better? That's in our hands. Thanks very much. Frank, in terms of the squad, I know you've highlighted a couple of injuries you've still got that concern you, but is this the strongest squad you've had since you came here in terms of players available and fit to play? Um, yeah, since I came here, yeah. Um, possibly, unless, you know, we, as you said, we're missing players still. and. But yeah, yeah we, we feel it feels like we have really good, strong competition in lots of areas, and that was partly due to our recruitment and some movement, obviously, in the summer, um, working with players that are developing and, and getting better. Um, and of course, there are areas that we can get better at, whether it's you know training and work every day or as we look into the future. Um, but at the moment, we're in a decent place. Yeah. Is that the first step then on the road to where you ultimately want to be having? competition in all areas of the field 
so you've got basically competition from within to be better. Yeah, I mean that's what makes you know good teams, isn't it? Whether you're talking about great teams who have you know world class or you know can invest to a level where backup players are of a really really high level. But throughout the Premier League now, the standard is such that most teams have real good competition in, in places. And the Tottenham game last year was actually a good example where we were really trying to put um, players in positions to try and find a way. Now it feels more like we have um, options that can can keep us strong and keep competition strong. So yeah, we're, again, we're we're not there, but we uh, we are in a stronger position. What would your emotions be then going into this game when you, you meet a player that was? So influential in, in getting this club out of trouble last season with Charleston now obviously at Spurs. Nothing more than he's a good lad and wish him well and shake his hand and all those things. I think he he left with dignity, he left with his head held high with, the, with his teammates, with myself, with the fans of the club. He gave everything for this club. So nothing more than that. And, and on Tottenham as well, they're unbeaten at home this season in the Premier League. What is it about an, an Antonio Conte managed side that makes them so tough, so long? Uh, it's just a great coach, isn't he? He's, he's, you know, I know that from his Chelsea days. I wasn't there, obviously, but he came in and took on a squad that were in a difficult position and won the league. So no, nobody can understate that. To go from, I think, 16th in the league or whatever it was the year before to champions was amazing. He's tended to do that and had great success in his career. They've got fantastic players. Um, um, but as, if, with your coaching hat on, he's got a very clear, defined way of playing. And it's clearly well coached and, and well delivered. And they give you a huge threat, which I think we're all aware of. So, yeah, I've got nothing but the highest things to say about him as a coach. But also, they have these players that especially, well, not, not just at the top end of the pitch, they're the showstoppers that we see, you know, last night. Um, but at the same time, they're a very, very good unit and um, fair, fair play to, to them. And just finally from me, I mean, you played in a lot of European football games during the course of your career. People will talk about them having a heavy fixture schedule, Everton having had a week to prepare for them. Does it benefit Everton, or if you're playing and winning, does it help you when you're in that situation? I don't think so. I think um, playing regularly and playing in the Champions League breeds consistency, breeds confidence off the back of a win maybe last night, and then you can probably dip into your squad and bring the players in that were on the bench that are also strong options. So, you know, there's, it's, it's, it, dep it depends. I don't think you can, you can call it before the game, really. Uh, I, I wouldn't rely on it from our point of view, and I don't think Antonio will, really. He's got a strong squad that have got picked up a couple of good results this week, so I'm sure they're in good nick. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Rich. Mike? Frank, how do you get the balance when the performance, particularly in the first half against Manchester United, was way short of not just what you want, but, but what you've seen from the team this season? How do you get the balance when you get the players back in after that, to telling them what they did wrong, you know, that there was a lack of intensity, that uh, losing possession in key areas needlessly. You don't want to hammer them, but you want to, you know, put over your point and, and make sure that, 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 they, that they accept that. I think you have to build up an element of trust between yourself and the players throughout that having those conversations, they're slightly not uncomfortable, but if you're just addressing something that's a bit of a negative, which you have to do, isn't a problem. And with the group we've got, I don't feel or, or that we get kickback. It's more like we want to get better. And and when you say we were well below par, I mean, I, I was the first to say we weren't, we weren't good enough, but the, the two goals we conceded in that game were, you know, mistake, counter-attack moments, goal. So without those mistakes in itself, we'd probably win the game, even being a bit below par. So we, we, there's a balance to where we're at, and we mustn't be too down from that defeat. But if there's moments that we can improve, 
the structure of the team. I'm not talking about necessarily a mistake of a misplaced pass because you know I made plenty of those and and we all do. But the structure of the team will always try and improve it. So it's not a problem. There's no big deal just to to, to show players that I'll talk about it because they're involved and they have to be part of that conversation. You paid a heavy price for for, for losing possession against one of the best counter-attacking teams in the country last weekend with Manchester United. It's the same again, isn't it, with Tottenham because they counter-attack at such an incredible pace that it's something to be to be really wary of and you have to be. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we got a lesson on Sunday of that, as I said. So we were very clear going into the Manchester United game that these two games coming up particularly are two big counter-attacking teams. Um, so the message will be the same and, and an understanding the players will know that and the rest is up to them on the pitch to deliver that. I mean, will you get them, the players to do something differently? I mean, obviously you don't want them to give the ball away, but, but structurally, will, will, you, will you tweak one or two little things in terms of cover? Yeah, possibly. It's, it's uh, moments of in possession, good possession. You want to have a structure that means that you're secure if the ball turns over, but sometimes I think the type of turnovers that we gave are very difficult to to guard against, otherwise you just play with 10 men behind the ball even when you've got the ball. You know, there, there are certain elements where you want to open up. Um, but yeah, can we be a bit, a little bit tighter in those moments? For sure. But when you're talking about players of the class of Ronaldo and the idea and, and Anthony, like sometimes those things can happen. So yeah, we, we, can, we can tighten up on that. And you were instrumental in getting the very best out of Charleston last season. His goals and his performances kept helped to keep Everton up. What's it going to be like to be on the other side of things? How do you manage to keep a player of those abilities and, and that sort of intensity quiet? And, and are you surprised that, that somehow the rest of the football world seems to be surprised at how well he's done it, Tom? No, I'm not surprised, and I don't know why the rest of the world should be surprised, whether it's because he came from Everton. I don't know how maybe glamorous that might be for some people. Um, it shouldn't be that case. Um, very, very talented players. Even when he was here, he was always Brazil's number nine or off the side. And when you think about the competition for places he's got in that team. So I think he's well respected in the football world. So maybe there were certain other things that people were not so keen on. I, I always found him a pleasure to work with. Uh, enjoyed working with him. In terms of we know him very well, but he's slightly, his style was slightly unpredictable. It's probably the, one of the big pluses of him, how he plays. and continuous and a threat at all times. So no, we're aware of the threat, but you know we'll have to try and nullify it. Thanks, Mike. We'll go to Alistair at the BBC. Hi, Frank. Can I just check on Yeri Mina's injury? You said he had a setback. Small calf injury. Okay. Um, yeah. I've seen some pictures today of um, Nathan Patterson and Ben Godfrey training again. Is yeah. That, can you give us an update on that? Yeah, they're both training um, with a view for Patterson. We're hoping will be fit in two to three weeks. Um, and Ben's a bit behind. It's his first days out really on the grass, so we're probably looking at the other side of the, of the World Cup break. Yeah. I was intrigued when you were talking before, you said there's nothing better than proving people wrong, and you sort of mentioned that maybe Everton were maybe look, looking for the people looking at being uh, candidates for the drop, or maybe you've been fired as well. I just wondered how you sort of thought about your evolution as a coach, really. Obviously, you've been at Derby and, and been here as well. Where do you think you are as a coach now and how much you've learned in your time at Everton? I've learned a lot. Um, it's been a pleasure to be here. A challenge on, on many levels in terms of the club, in terms of the situation I came into and the feeling and uh, in terms of getting results and how we got them to stay in the league and then in terms of trying to um, 
build a team, and that's, that sounds really dramatic, but it, it's maybe not that dramatic. But when you bring in the amount of players we did and players left, you work in the game. So they've been all really good challenges for me that I just feel I'm in the middle of, or just started, or whatever. So yeah, I think every with every year you you try and improve. I think it's one of the biggest strengths of a of a coach to to want to learn about themselves, about their team every day, and and on that level, I feel like I'm improving. You know, but we'll always look at results, I suppose, from the outside, and that's something I can't always completely control. But can I work as well as I can with the players? I try to. Uh, it's for other people probably to comment on, on how well I'm doing or not. Do you feel like you've proved people on that? No. <laughs> it's a constant, isn't it? You know, I think our, our world that we live in is is from, you know, the greatest coach in the world to not very good with one or two defeats or whatever these things and from us as a as a club at Everton where we are at the moment you know we can we can have a good season with possibly losing more games than you win you know that's an unfortunate reality but you know we so we I have to try and stay level and understand that what what, what feelings about me go on uh, are not very important particularly from the outside it's actually what um, my players and staff feel about me in the building because I have to lead here and also what the, the Evertonians feel about me. That's all I care about at the moment. I, I'm not, not too bothered what anyone else would say because that's going to float with the wind, that one. Someone maybe who, I don't know whether he's proved people wrong or not, but obviously Alex Awobi's performances have been great this season. He's got a great goal the other day. Um, how would you say he's developing with you and, and what would you say his best position is? Well, at the moment, I think I said it last week. He's one of the best midfield players in the league, in my opinion, in terms of being a six-eight. Played as a double six early in the season and was really, really good for us. And then moved into slightly more advanced eight. And again, his form's been great. So um, his development's been brilliant. I mean, it's it's a funny one because I think um, there was a perception about Alex when I came in, um, and it's all his work. All I've done is support him and try and maybe adapt the position slightly, and then the rest is him. And so I felt and always saw that he'd be dangerous in the middle area of the pitch. It probably helped that I was a midfield player and I understood it was some of the things he had I wouldn't want to go up against and I felt they were sort of um, restricted on the wing and the pit, opening the pitch up more centrally was a big help for him and then the rest is him. So I've been really pleased to see his development and I just want more from him because I think with what he's got attribute-wise I think there's, there's still more to come. Are you talking about his dribbling ability there then? And you say you wouldn't have liked to play against that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes you don't want to dribble in the middle of the park. But at the same time, when players in midfield have an ability to go past, you always remember. I'm not comparing, by the way, but I'm always remember Yaya Torre as a player, was a midfield player that could sort of take you in and then go past you both ways as such. And I always found that a, a, a difficult threat. Um, in game, so I think when a player has that talent and can play, but also has vision and pass and you know off the ball work rate, then I think it's something that you really want to work with and can be a big help for the team. And just last of all, is he the kind of player you're looking to maybe reward with a, a new contract? I know it's a fair way, way off his, his deal, but his contract talks going at all. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, I know that Kevin is speaking with um, Alex's people on that front, so um, we'll see how that one develops. So you want him long-term, then you can see a long-term... For sure. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Alistair. We'll go to Carl at PA, please. Hi, Frank. Just to go back on Anthony's yellow cards, it is still early in the season to be having this sort of suspension. I'm just wondering, do you go as far as, as analysing the bookings he's had and, and, and advising him in on, on that? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's something to, to analyse, and uh, I've had those conversations with Anthony. Is it 
I mean, from, from what you've seen, is it he's only a young lad, so is it is it youthful exuberance or is it just a bit of naivety or an experience? What do you what do you think it's down to? Um, I think that's a conversation for me to have with Anthony. I don't think it's worth hanging on too much. He's taking on too many bookings. I'm more worried about his, his, his whole game and just working with him on that front and the, the booking thing has been a, a, a small part of that too. But you, 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 you obviously were keen for him not to not to impact his his overall play. So you're you're focused on what he offers the team, not. Well, I don't want to lose him for a game, you know. So that's the reality of it. And also, probably if you get an early booking, then it sort of changes your, you know the aspect of the game in the modern day so fast that you could get a red. So there's obvious there's obvious reasons um, why you want to address that. And yeah, I've spoken with him about it. Thank you. Okay. Thanks very much. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you 24-7, with supplies and solutions for every industry, and access to product specialists ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.